Welcome to Batwoman TV Talk, where we will be discussing all things Kate Kane, including the hopefully upcoming Batwoman series on the CW. I'm your host, Michelle, and with me is Gotham City's finest, Palmer. I am the knight. (laughs) 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 The dark knight? No, no. Regular knight. Regular knight? Yep. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm excited Uh, about this. So am I so excited that I spent the last two days at work doing nothing but researching every bit of Batwoman I could possibly do, including the upcoming TV show. So I'm ready. You can ask me any question on Batwoman and I'll be able to answer it. What is Kate's favorite color? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm I'm going to guess red. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a pretty solid. It's a pretty solid guess. I, th- I think you're pretty close there. Or ruby. Ruby. A specific shade of red. Yeah. She might be partial to rose, though. No, there's too many mm-hmm. red colors. <laughs> it's like a painting guide. Speaking of ruby and rose, it was announced back in July of 2018 that the CW was developing a series based on the DC Comics character. Carolyn Drives is going to be the head writer and executive producer alongside Greg Berlanti, who produces everything on the CW, Sarah Schechter and Jeff Johns. Our Ruby Rose was cast and she made her first appearance as Kate in the recent Arrowverse crossover Elseworlds. Since then, we've received some news. Uh, Pilot has been greenlit, and it's going to start filming this spring. Um, The pilot will be directed by David Nutter, who previously directed both the Arrow and Flash pilot episodes. So that's exciting. David Nutter's also done a bunch of Game of Thrones work, so we know he's good at these things. And Smallville. And Smallville, yes. So I believe he might have directed the pilot of Smallville as well. I think you're correct. Yes. yes. I I am almost positive of that because when it was announced, um, our friend over at MetPod, Lauren, uh, texted me and said, well, it's pretty much a guarantee that this is going to go to a, this is going to go to a show, uh, go to an entire season at this point because he's, he's been pretty consistent as getting stuff picked up. Yeah, I mean, I'm super excited. You know me. I'm a big Batman fan, so if you follow me on Twitter or anything, you'll know that. So anything Bat-related, I will be there for. I will watch it. I'm excited. Yeah. I was super excited to finally get to see Gotham City in the crossover. Yes. The Gotham City that, unlike unlike some of the uh, later 90s, movies you could actually move around and drive a car in (laughs) but i think it was batman and robin i don't know how you got around in gotham without a grappling gun (laughs) um but that being said one of the things that i noticed on the aesthetic of gotham it did remind me a lot of the schumacher movies forever and um Forever and Batman and Robin. Not that it looked overtly hokey, but some of the lighting cues and visual styles looked Schumacher-esque without going to that without going to that very campy style. Yeah, I definitely agree. It definitely it did not have that, you know, Nolan feel to it at all. It felt way more like a comic book 
like setting, you know, than mm-hmm. than the, the whereas, you know, like the Dark Knight or, or any of the DCU stuff feels more like based in reality. Yeah, I will. I would say like the grimiest looking place was Arkham with all of the graffiti adorned on the walls. And it's, a, you know, a very rundown looking thing. I'm not sure I like this, that depiction of Arkham in general. Mm-hmm. Um, Arkham's always been kind of a, it's a revolving door for criminals to escape from, but it's always been seen as a, as a top class facility. And I just, I just don't think the, the exterior sh- or even the interior shots that they showed, um, warrant that it's a really good facility that they would keep open. Like it looked very run down. Right. I mean, I definitely, I got the impression from, I mean, we didn't spend a lot of time there and obviously I'm sure they'll address this more when the show, you know, when Batwoman goes to series. Um, but it did, it did give me this feel of like, you know, they mentioned that Batman is missing and so I, I kind of got the idea that you're supposed to feel like he went missing, things kind of went haywire, and yeah. then she showed up. So I feel like maybe, you know, the inmates sort of were running the asylum kind of thing in the yeah. whole entire city. And so maybe that's sort of why Arkham looks that way at this present time, like maybe it didn't before, you know? Okay. That's yeah. kind of, that and was I, kind of the, t- the read I got on that. Yeah, and you and you also get that feel from the the state of disrepair that Wayne Tower is in. Right. You know, again, graffiti. A lot of you know the the um, the plants have kind of encroached into the into the vestibule and it started overgrowing. Um, but as Kate Kane said, she's in the middle of renovating the place, which apparently she's starting with the top floors. You know, because when you when you see her office on the on the view out when um, when Supergirl's walking by, you can see like a lot of material for, you know, that that the renovators would be using. But you don't see it downstairs. Like she was like, look, we got to start at the top floor because that's where I come in and out of. Right. (laughs) That's funny. I'm curious to see um, once they do film the pilot and, you know, it you know, making the assumption, of course, that'll go to, that it goes to series, how the aesthetic will change from this episode, because I think they filmed most of the that in Chicago. Um, okay. And I doubt that the series will film in Chicago. I'm sure it'll no, film in it, Vancouver like everything else. Yes, they um, the, I was just reading on Batwoman.tv that um, they had found a location in Vancouver and that it the production starts in March. Okay. So yeah, I'm interested to see if any of that changes, if that set, if any of those, those sets or aesthetics will change, you know, um, now that it's not in Chicago, it's in, in Vancouver. Yeah. It'll look, it'll look much more Canadian. (laughs) How did you like, uh, how did you like Ruby for her half a dozen scenes? I really like her in general as an actress when, um, it's funny before they announced her casting uh, when they announced the show or that they were go- not the show when they announced that this character was going to appear in the crossover. Mm-hmm. Um, I had written an article for the site that I write for TV source and I had like five, I chose five actresses um, 
that I thought would, you know, would be a good choice. I did like a fan casting type of thing. And when I made my list, I actually had her on my list. And I didn't put her in the article because I'm trying to remember what my reasoning was. You didn't think she would do it? Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think I was like, you know, she's been on like she's in movies. She was on a Netflix series. Like, I don't know that she would do a CW show. I think that was my main logic for it. Um, And I was also trying to be a little bit more diverse in my selections. Like, you know, I chose a black woman, a Hispanic woman. So I was trying to just make it more like, let me not pick five white chicks. Right. Um, So but I do think I felt like maybe she was too big of a star to do this. Um, And so I didn't put her on the list. But when they announced her, I was like, oh, my God, she's perfect. I I mean, I really like her a lot as as an actress. And I thought she did a great job. Right. No, she did. Um, she did really good. I would say the only, the only issue that I had, and it's not really an issue as much as, um, it's her first time with the character. There were some things that seemed a little, um, a little stilted or wooden, but that will, that will definitely go away the more time she has to make the character her own. Right. Um, I would, you know, she, she looks perfect. Okay. I, I wouldn't mind seeing her bulk up a little bit. Um, just because Kate in the, in the comics coming out of the military background, she's, she's slender, but she's really, she's really like cut physically as far as, uh, arms and that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of kind of like Christian Bale, like Christian Bale didn't add like 60 pounds of muscle. He just, you know, he just got a little bit of muscle toning. It's, yeah, I would agree. I, I think she should. She's very small, uh, just in yeah. stature and everything. You know, she's a small woman. So I think, yeah, it, w- it would be good if she sort of like muscled up just a little bit. It would make it a little more. Like you said, because she has the military background, you'd feel more like, okay, this is definitely someone who had went through the things that she's gone through before she gets to this this point in her life. Right. I yeah. love that they let her keep all her tattoos. You know, yes. they try to hide any of them and that, that they've made that sort of part of the character. Um Well in the in the comic she does have tattoos. Oh, okay. I don't I, think nearly as many as Ruby <laughs> does, but I don't think anybody does. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did like I did like that they kept her tattoos and I, I also like them referencing it. And I, I loved her little dig at Kara about not having any. <laughs> when actually she does have one and we've seen it on screen. She has one on her foot. We the have actor, M- Melissa Benoist has one on her foot. Right. And we I- yeah, there was a scene where I think it was in last, it might've been last season or it might've been earlier this season where she's sitting at her desk and you can see it. <laughs> that would have been a great time for her to be like, I actually have one. It's funny. Now that you say that, I wonder if um, like whoever continuity checks Supergirl didn't real just didn't realize <laughs> that it was visible <laughs> in that they episode. That day. Yeah. <laughs> they were off that day. They were yeah. out sick. But yeah, I mean, I I definitely my only complaint about the crossover in terms of her was that I didn't have enough of her. 
Oh, absolutely. I, I wanted a lot more, and I thought that we would would get more of her. I I thought we'd see her more in the when third episode. Well, when they're in Gotham, but also, um, like I thought she'd be there for like the duration, like that they wouldn't leave her in Gotham. I thought she'd help them with like the final task kind of right. thing. Um, so I was a little disappointed to when I realized like, oh, she's only in the Arrow episode. I mean, I know she was at the end of, I guess that's the flat the flash episode right yeah she was at the or no 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 the supergirl she was at the very end when she calls oliver but um i kind of expected her to be a bit more involved i think maybe just because they made such a big deal about her being a part of it that i i didn't expect it just to kind of be like a cameo appearance she wasn't really in it a lot you know that was par for the course with the people they announced in this crossover because they announced her and lois and both of them not really in it yeah. You know, Lois comes in at the end with the cosmic hammer, which was great. But I wanted, and that was when they announced both of them, I was like, we're not going to get enough of one, maybe the other. So I would like, because I'm a huge Superman fan. So when they announced Lois, I'm like, oh, yay. But are, are they going to overshadow the crossover by bringing in Lois, which they didn't end up doing? And I still wanted more of her, which is sometimes better than than getting too much um but they yeah they they're they're people that they brought in specifically for the crossover were very underutilized this year yeah they definitely made it more of a focus on like the main three um and even more so just particularly like the main two yeah flash and arrow but um which was fine. I mean, it's, considering last season's, cro- you know, the season before his crossover and how large and encompass- all-encompassing that was, and considering what's going to happen next year, it yeah. was probably a bit more of a little bit of sort of a breather for them this year to have a more sort of toned-down uh, situation. But yeah, okay. I definitely, I definitely wanted wanted more more of the character in in the episode that that was my, my only complaint really was that i just wanted i wanted to get to know her a little bit more right. um you know like i said when we first started talking i it's batman i'm on board so you know anything bat related i'm like sure cool i'm there um yeah. but i feel like for other people who are maybe like i don't know like i don't know that that really necessarily was enough to get them to be like yeah sure i'll watch a whole tv show about this person yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm I'm hoping the pilot, you know, obviously she's going to be front and center of the pilot. So I'm I'm hoping they knock it out of the park. One of the other things that I've been beating the drum about on the crossover, and I wanted to get your take on this because I know how much you love Barry and Iris, <laughs> and I know how much you hate Oliver and Felicity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But I want to make something clear. They, Felicity is led to believe that Iris knew something was up the moment, you know, Oliver as Barry shows up. She didn't. They had to tell her. And then she believed them. The same thing with Felicity. But yet, yet when they when Felicity finds out, everyone makes it sound like, well, Cisco especially makes it sound like Iris knew like from the very second it happened. 
Yeah, you know, I I don't remember that that sort of played out that way because I, like you said, I don't like Felicity, so I tend to sort of not pay attention when she's on screen. Um, wow. The- <laughs> mean. <laughs> I had a lot of issues with that whole that whole thing because we already pre-established that Felicity and Iris are friends, even though that was a, I don't really believe that they're friends. But uh, you know, the season before we'd sort of established that they were friends, and then Iris had established in the in the episode before that she had a conversation with Felicity about what was going on with Felicity and Oliver's relationship. Um, so obviously they talk and they're friends. So it was then bizarre to me that in that next episode, Felicity is having a heart to heart with Caitlin, whom she is not really friends with. As far as we know, Right. I didn't understand why Iris wasn't the person that was there for that. Since Iris knows what's happening between Felicity and Oliver. Um, because Iris wasn't in the episode for some reason. Right. Right. Which, (laughs) uh, yeah. Because they wanted to give Caitlyn time, which I guess I understand. I but Caitlin. I just, I know, and it's not that I don't like Caitlyn, but I feel like you have to do things that make sense to the story. Like, not just because you want to put somebody on screen. And, like, to me, that didn't make sense to the story. It would have made more sense for it to be Iris. But anyway. We're, yeah, we're, I mean, it, uh, it, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I... Uh, that's weird that they would, I mean, also, you know, there's different writers for each episode too. So that's like a, another weird right. continuity check. Like Iris I, didn't know right away. Like, why would you make yeah. it seem like she did? I know um, when I was watching the, when I was watching the credits, it seemed like uh, Mark Guggenheim came up with the overall story. Yeah. And then they, you know, they farmed out the writing to, to three different staffs. I've, I've told Tim, um, the host of, uh, one of the hosts of Supergirl TV talk this last year when I wasn't too thrilled with the crossover last year that I really want them to just hire one team of writers to do the crossover. And if it means they have to be pulled off another show for a couple episodes, then that's what has to happen. Yeah. Especially for next year. Yeah, it's very important that that feels that like one continuous one. story. Yeah, right. I think the problem with cross the all of the crossovers from the inception of this whole thing is that you can always very much tell what episode you're watching. Yes, like I can tell I'm watching the Supergirl episode. I can tell I'm watching the Arrow episode. I can tell I'm watching the Flash episode, and not just because of the the players in the episode, because of the way it's written. Because they usually the have focus. Arrow writers write the Arrow episode, and it's like this feels like an Arrow episode, or yeah. this feels like a Flash episode, just the yeah. way the dialogue is and everything. And yeah, that is one thing I I don't like about the crossovers is I should just feel like I'm watching a movie. Like I shouldn't feel like I'm watching three episodes of TV. I felt that a little bit more last year as far as it feeling like a movie, but it was a movie that was like one hour too long. It was one show too long. So when they (laughs) cut it down to three this year, I was like, all right, because, you know, I'm like, that was my biggest complaint last year. And then this year, I really felt like that, that very episodic feel. And I'm like, ah, swing and a miss again, guys. Let's go. You got one more, one more try. Well, what they did, too, this year was so like where last year it was basically all based in the same place, 
you know, this year, every episode was in a different place. Like they went some, they left and went somewhere, Yeah, you know, like Barry went to, uh, wherever the hell, but wherever Oliver is star, star city. city. Sorry. I couldn't find that. I was going to say central city. I'm like, Nope, that's where he <laughs> is. And then, you know, like then they go to Gotham and then they go back to central city. So it's like, they kept moving location. Whereas in last year, everybody sort of converged into one place and everything, you know, the action kind of happened from there. I mean, obviously they went to another earth at one point, but still like most of the action was in central city. It was all in the same area. Yeah. Um, so it didn't feel as disjointed because they weren't like, you know, cavorting about the country. Yeah, no, that that's a very that's a very good take. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I I knew it watching it, but I, I never I never really put that thought into it. Um, the last the last thing I will say about this, and it seems like and I rewatched um, the second episode of the crossover for this because I wanted to see. I wanted to see Ruby Rose again so we could give our thoughts on that. But I there's a scene in the second part when Cisco gets to um Argus. Is that where is that where Diggle is? Yeah. Um and they're talking about the red lightning and they're like, Oh, once Barry and Oliver left Central City, the red lightning left. And now Barry and Oliver have left Star City, yet the red lightning's still there. Like, why didn't the Red Lightning follow them like it had to Star City? Oh, that's so it didn't go to Gotham. It did not. Hmm. Yeah. See, that's weird. These <laughs> these are the issues that you come up with when you're rewatching the second part of the crossover at 1230 in the morning. <laughs> and you and for some reason, your mind goes off on a tangent and then you like your mind finally links that uh, John Glover was both the scientist in Batman and Robin and Lionel Luther. Wow. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> and then of course, when I brought this up to people, they're like, and he was the Riddler in Batman, the animated series. Look at these six degrees, six degrees of DC. Yep. <laughs> Any more thoughts on the crossover before we move on to the casting? Um, I don't know. I mean, like I said, yeah, I just, I felt like I just didn't get enough of her. And I mean, I, I understand why, but I kind of, I kind of was hoping and, and they do still have time to do this. I was kind of hoping that we would get some sort of an announcement that we'd see her again this season on Arrow. Um, right. And, you know, I I still have my fingers crossed until it's over. Cause I would like to see her get a little bit more screen time and that, that would be the place you know, to put her, which would mean I'd have to watch an episode of Arrow, but um, that's fine. Sacrifices uh, <laughs> must be made. Sacrifices must be made, so I can I can deal with it. Um, but yeah, that that's the only thing is I just really wish she had a little bit more screen time. Yeah, I I do too. I also kind of wish, although in this story they obviously they couldn't have been done, but I wish um, the character was on Kara's Earth. Because I think it would have been easier to bring her in uh, into an episode of Supergirl. Yes, I agree. I was really hoping that she would be on Kara's Earth so that that could be the person that Kara got to cross over with. Right. You know, where Barry and Oliver have each other, then Kara could have her. And they also, I think, work 
they had great chemistry in the episode. I think they will work well together. Um, yeah. My, without going down a really deep rabbit hole, uh, my assumption is that after next year's crossover, that problem, if you right. want to call it that, It'll will just be, be yeah, will be rectified. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I really hope that's what happens because that's essentially the point of Crisis on Infinite <laughs> right. Earths. Right. So I would really like to see that happen. I would also really hope that the show, uh, at least the pilot for Batwoman, comes out before the crossover, which I believe it does. Um, again, Batwoman.tv had a countdown of like 200 plus days, which I think puts it somewhere in like October. I don't believe they've announced the date. Um, yeah. If I'm wrong, someone out there, please, you know, drop us a line and correct us. Um, but I think they're going with the general assumption of when the other shows start up. Yeah. And they always usually come back in October. So, yeah. Yeah. So that would be cool. Yeah. I definitely, you know, I mean, we always have to remember, have to remember too, that the reason cars on another earth is because, you know, Supergirl was on another channel. And, right. you know, bringing her over was like, well, how are we going to do this? How is it going to make sense that, you know, she's never heard of or been near these people before? And that's really the only reason she's not on I, on the earth with with Barry and Oliver. Right. And I do like how like it was a good it was a really good reason to do that. Like that was yeah. that was a good idea because they were like, we're not going to cross them over. And then. In the middle of season one, they're like, oh, by the way, we're going to cross them over. <laughs> yeah. You were like, like then, uh, you didn't need to. All right. Like, <laughs> right. You, you, you really didn't need to, but <laughs> it's fine. It's, but like, yeah, like you said, if, you know, comic book fans know, you know, what, what crisis is. So hopefully everybody will, will exist on the same earth together. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if I have my way, then that woman will be taking another TV show's place. But. That's a whole different conversation. Speaking wow. of the Batwoman TV show. <laughs> I assume you mean um, Flash, right? No. Because we wouldn't, we wouldn't <laughs> want anything to happen to Olicity. I mean, if they gave their lives for everyone to live, I think that would be a great sacrifice. And they could just be heroes. And yeah. Just for one day. Oliver can Oliver can make the grand sacrifice and then we can slide Felicity over to Batwoman as Oracle. No. No. Damn. No. <laughs> nope. Nope. She's gotta die too. Well listen, if you watch Arrow, she is dead. They in gotta the die together. They have to die together. I mean, that's Everyone's the only way. The that's the only way that they can be, you know, the perfect super couple that the CW seems to think they are. So moving on. <laughs> Fine. Let me let me not alienate all of our listeners before. <laughs> well, hopefully they're just Batwoman fans and they're like they're just wearing, oh, this is this is about a show that Arrow showed up on. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I don't mean to offend the Elicity fans. You know, different strokes, not everybody likes them. <clears throat> yeah, but you should. So, so about that that TV show that's coming. <laughs> So there has been some there has been some casting announcements and there's been some casting calls that gave character descriptions. Um, before we before we dive too deep into that, I did put a call on our Twitter for thoughts about Batwoman casting. 
you know, if they had any idea, people had any ideas as to who they wanted in certain roles or about the characters that were already cast. We did get a couple responses. All right. So the first one we got is from Andrew Sparling. And he writes, that woman, Kate Kane, is my favorite superhero. Her humanity and tenacity to find a way to help others while being true to who she is resonates as one of the most human heroes I've ever read. Ruby Rose was phenomenal in the crossover, and I'm looking forward to seeing how the story and how the story of Kate and friends and the battle for Gotham goes from here. Keep up the good work. So he agrees with us that Ruby Rose was a great casting choice. Nice. Now we have a, we have a little bit more of an in-depth one that I really like from Erin Treat. And she writes, Hi there. Very excited for the podcast. I'm a longtime Batwoman superfan, so this show has been something I've wished for for years. I hope the show is excellent, but no matter what, just the fact that it exists has greatly expanded awareness of Batwoman and Kate Kane. It used to be that many people confused her with Batgirl. Sigh. That happens less and less now. I'm going to remember that confusing Batwoman for Batgirl, because I'm going to go back to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. I think overall the casting is great so far. Ruby Rose wouldn't have been my first choice, but physically she looks great. She knows how to do action, and she's an out lesbian, so I'm very happy for, to give her a chance. Hopefully she's read all the comics and will invest herself fully in the role. I'm very happy with Rachel Scarston. Is that how you pronounce that? that I, believe, last I believe so, yeah. Scarston. Okay. Rachel Scarston as Alice. I'm fine with them not going the identical twin route as long as they're still sisters. Mm-hmm. The other cast I'm less familiar with, but they look great, and I love the characters the show has chosen. Luke and Kate get on great in the comics, and I love Mary Elizabeth Bet Kane, and Nicole Kang's character seems to be a stand-in for her. I hope she gets to be Flamebird on the show like in the comics someday. Sophie is only a small part of the comic, so it'll be interesting to see how the show handles her. She's obviously chosen for maximum angst factor. I, I do hope that Renee Montoya shows up soon since she's really the only choice as Kate's true love. Thanks for the time and looking forward to the show. So, fun fact about the Batwoman-Batgirl confusion... Um, I was talking to somebody the other day who didn't know a lot about Batwoman and I was kind of, I was kind of going through her history when she first showed up in the comics and now, and there is a Batgirl by the name of Cassandra Kane, mm-hmm. and it took about 10 minutes for me to fully explain that Cassandra Kane and Kate Kane were not the same <laughs> not people. The same. <laughs> and he's like, well, are they related? I'm like, no, they're not related. She spells her names with, you know, her initials are CC, hers are KK. I don't know why somebody went that route. Like, the <laughs> only thing I can think of is they were like, we really like the Batwoman from the 50s. Let's use a version of her name thinking that Batwoman wouldn't come back again. <laughs> Yeah, the the Batgirl. So I, um, for Halloween, dressed up as Batwoman. Yeah. And I cannot tell you, every single person was like, "Are you Batgirl?" And what, I'm like, it "Looks <sighs> like I have blonde hair." No. Right. I'm like, "Batgirl, where is it? no?" I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, 
<laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm Batwoman. And then I got these weird looks and I was like, really? Okay. <laughs> I need more. And then I, and then I, I would have to friend. like, I would like ship, I would have to pull up a photograph of like the comic on my phone. <laughs> and I'm like, this is Batwoman. And they're like, oh, I did have. I did have an idiot at a Halloween party say to me when he when I was like, oh, no, I'm Batwoman. He he did know who Batwoman was. And okay. his response to me was, I didn't know you were a lesbian. <laughs> and I was like, I I'm I'm not. And he was confused as to why I chose to dress I, up as a lesbian for Halloween. And I was like, I'm I just left the conversation because I. I, yeah, I was like, I can't. I, I'm sorry. I, I got to go over there now. I was like, uh, yeah, I'm just going to walk away because I don't I don't really know how to respond to your stupidity. But anyway, um, yeah. Nice. <laughs> okay. So I, I feel the that woman, that girl confusion because it happened to me all day on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So. A couple months ago, um the casting call sheets kind of went out that kind of detailed the characters that they were looking to, to um, cast for the pilot. Some of them made sense and some, and one in particular, I think people got completely wrong. So there was an obvious uh, call for a Caucasian male in his late forties, mid fifties, this character quote-unquote Joseph, is described as a former high-ranking military colonel who, instead of grieving the terrible loss of his wife and one of his daughters, formed his own army to make sure no one else would ever go through the tragedy he had to experience. Now, that is obviously Kate's father. Right. Who is Bruce's uncle, because it's, um, it's his mom and her dad, our brother and sister. So that's the, um, that's the family connection there. Right. Um, they have not cast this person yet, which I'm actually kind of surprised with. Um, and I'm hoping in the new 52, when Batwoman first shows up, he's helping her um, because he realizes that she's going to do this, whether he wants to, wants her to or not. So he agrees to help her if she does it his way. And she kind of does now in Rebirth. He has this other like kind of shadow army that he's been working with, and now they're they're more at odds than they are um, than they are together. So it'll be interesting to see if they evolve that relationship in that aspect, or if they're just going to start off at odds. Um, but do you have do you have any uh, do you have anybody in particular you would like to say see play this guy? Hmm. I oh, actually hadn't really thought about it. Uh, hmm. Unfortunately, the likes of Michael Ironsides are too old. Because he's like the go-to. Like, in my mind, he's like <laughs> the go-to. Um, How old? The, it's supposed to be, he's supposed to be like 45 to, to 50? Mid, yeah, late 40s to mid 50s. But I mean, you could de-age him a little bit. Right. Yeah, because they do that with men. Yeah, I mean, um, while you're thinking, I took the liberty of 
going through CW's past because that's, <laughs> that's what Berlanti does. That's that's what the CW does in general. Yeah. They always they either, pull, yeah. Yeah, Berlanti either casts somebody from an old CW show or Glee. Now, I looked at <laughs> Glee and I couldn't find anybody. But I did find one and he's in his early 40s, so he's not late 40s. But I found a character, uh, an actor from Dawson's Creek that I think would look good as a as a military person, and that is Kerr Smith. Okay. <laughs> what? I <laughs> have you I'm seen sorry. him lately? Like he's got salt and pepper hair. He looks like he looks like an <laughs> army person. He is not old enough to play her dad. <laughs> he is actually in his 40s. Right, but Ruby Rose, how old is Ruby Rose? Ruby Rose is like 30, right? Uh, give or take, yeah. So, I mean, they've got to go with someone who's at he least is, 50. He is actually 47. Is he really? Born March 9th, wow. 1972. Yes. I know he was he was much older than we all thought on Dawson's Creek. And that's why I like I had saw him in something um, not too long ago. And he had like the salt and pepper hair. I'm like, wow, he's he's older. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't See? realize he was that old. I mean, I, I still don't know that I would buy him as her dad. I mean, if I had to pick somebody from Dawson's Creek, I'm going to pick Dylan Neal. Who was Dylan Neal was uh, Pacey's older brother. Oh, okay. Yep. I think actually. Yeah, I mean, it helps that he was a police officer. Yeah, Yeah, he was a police officer. That's not a bad choice, actually. I I really went with people who were in like a lot of episodes because those were the easiest ones that I could remember. You know, I love Dawson's Creek, but like I got down to like um, even uh, like Betty Potter. And her boyfriend, and I'm like, I I can probably pick them out of a lineup, but I can't, I can't think of their face offhand. I I'm like, you you got me like really. My head is like spinning around this Kara Smith thing. Like I can't believe how old he is. I'm I'm sorry, like <laughs> he is. And I'm sure I'm sure Kara Smith would love you know to a play job. the part. Yeah, like if you're out there her you know think about it i could i guess i could you know i could um i could maybe get with it yeah it might take me a minute but i think i i think i could be all right with it i like it all right so (laughs) one of the characters that was cast we now know is her sister um on the initial description it was for a character named alexa a 27-year-old Caucasian who is Batwoman's greatest enemy, basically her own Joker. Alexa is a woman who has experienced a tremendous amount of trauma in her more sensitive years. That has in turn caused Alexa to divorce herself from reality by living in a fantastical world where she is the star. Attached to Victorian attire, Alexa is a charming lunatic who manages to go from being psychotic to caring easily, which is why unreal which is why her unreliable behavior is a dangerous weapon in itself. So that is being played by Rachel. Um, mm-hmm. 
and that is her sister Alice. Now, in the comics, they are supposed to be uh, identical twins, and as our emailer said, I am totally fine with them not being identical twins. I don't think, I don't think we really needed to have Ruby Rose playing dual parts for a for a character who is like her own personal Joker. Like it's her arch enemy, give or take. So someone that's going to be around that much, I don't think we need, you know, I think it's fine to cast the second person. Yeah, I definitely agree. Especially, I mean, I know just from watching these shows for all these years now, the main character always has a lot, like works a lot. Um, And so like, I can't imagine like Stephen Amell having to play dual roles on Arrow, you know, like that would just be just a tremendous amount of, you know, time spent on set that, you know, probably would go over working standards or something. So it's uh, right. We don't want to like burn. And also, I mean, uh, I don't know. The identical twin thing is a little like mm, I'm fine with her having a different face. And I mean, they're identical twins, but in the comics, you can clearly tell a difference. Um, so, you know, fraternal twins. Okay. But yeah, I'm fine that they didn't go the whole, I'm fine. They didn't go the whole identical twin route. That would have been a little, that would have been a little far out there. I don't know. Yeah. I don't I don't I feel like sometimes those kind of constructs work well in like on the page, but maybe mm-hmm. not necessarily like on, you know, on screen or in, in this type of adaptation. Um, now, does it, I'm sorry, did you say it, they are going to be sisters though, right? Just not, just not twins. They haven't officially said it. They did say that she would be playing Alice. Um, Alice has made it. So they said if Batwoman had a Joker, it would be Alice, the leader of the Lewis Carroll inspired Wonderland gang. Her character description reads swinging, unpredictably manic and charming. Alice has made it her mission on mind Gotham's sense of security. So yeah, they haven't announced that it's going to be her sister. And that's probably because the people that haven't read the comics, they want to kind of keep that twist. Right. Make that Um, like a a reveal. Okay. Right. Um, So Rachel, speaking of casting from the CW back catalog, played Diana Lance, Black Canary, in the short-lived 2002 Birds of Prey series. Now, nothing on Rachel's acting, but as I told you when this was announced, I, I really didn't like the casting choice, if only because I never want anybody to remember Birds of Prey was a show. <laughs> I mean, I don't remember that Birds of Prey was a show, so... Yeah, I believe it's on the DC... I believe it's on the DC Universe uh, streaming service. I also believe this lasted only slightly longer than um fireflies like one commercial break (laughs) so you're telling me i shouldn't look it up on the dc universe app and watch it oh go ahead i mean you have harley quinn in it oh not harley quinn per se she was supposed to be harley quinn in like the second season it's harleen quinzel she she she's in the show um i've i've seen it before it's bad Mm. it it's kind of bad. Interesting. Um, so this character that she's playing, Alice, that yes. you mentioned Harley, uh, she sort of sounds like Harley Quinn 
Uh, no, where Harley Quinn is playful in her lunacy. Um, Alice is not, I would say Alice would be a good, like if you were to, if you were to find like a comfortable middle ground of say the Joker and Harley Quinn, you might get Alice. Okay. Um, and it, would you would you say she's a little more like like the Mad Hatter character, in like that kind of because it's okay. very because it is her she takes the role like she takes her name Alice from the Lewis right. Carroll stuff. I honestly didn't remember her having like a a uh, Wonderland gang inspired uh, gang. Like I remember um, in the New Fifty Two run, her being more involved with a cult, and then in the second in the rebirth she's a little bit more toned down and she has she has moments of clarity where she's where she's kate's sister more than she had because essentially basically what it was is they thought she was dead and she was kind of brainwashed into thinking she's this person so okay got it you know interesting yeah <clears throat> Sounds cool. I like the idea. I like the idea of, uh, you know, Batwoman having her own Joker. Yes. Everyone needs their own Joker. I mean, you're mine. I know. <laughs> I I take full pleasure in trolling you on Twitter whenever I, I know. can. I know you do. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. so I, that's why I always have gifts on the ready for you. Yes. <laughs> Get out. Get out. <laughs> All right. Another character, and this is one that they did cast this person was named Sloan in the casting call a latina in her early, in her late 20s early 30s brought up in a tight knit family sloan is both feisty charming and has incredible fighting abilities with soldier experience as she is one of the best agents for the crows which is the which is the placeholder name of her dad's group and always goes by the book. But Sloane is hiding a deep secret from her husband, which is that once upon a time, she was in love with Kate Kane. Now, everybody, everybody jumped on this and assumed it was Renee Montoya. And I really think that was only because um, it was Latina and then in love with Kate Kane. <laughs> but that person turned out to be yeah that person turned out to be actress megan tandy playing sophie moore she went to a military academy she rose through the ranks to become a high level private security agent and one of gotham's staunchest protectors despite her bite and regimented look sophie has a soft side illuminated by kate's return now i tried to do some digging to see if there was a character in the books called sophie because um her our uh, emailer had said that she had a very small part in the comics. I couldn't find anything. However, I believe this character is the woman that Kate um is is attached to in the when they're both at military academy, and ultimately is the reason why Kate gets booted out of military academy because she is found out to be a lesbian and she won't like she won't lie about it. But I believe the woman does in order to kind of stay in the military academy. Mm. So I believe that's who this character is. Okay. 
this I act- like this actress a lot. I was going to say you are you are the expert on all things that are bad TV shows <laughs> and this woman was on Teen Wolf. So please um <laughs> tell us a little bit about her. Um I've only ever seen her on Teen Wolf, but I really liked her character. Um she played Brayden and uh she was on season she was briefly in season 3 and then she was in seasons four and five of teen wolf um but she's great i think she's a, a really great actress i'm glad to see her doing something else because she i haven't really seen her in anything else besides that um i think she was on an episode of like charm she was she's done a lot of these like one an episode of you know the the 90210 reboot or an episode of like baby daddy or and stuff like that like nothing where she's been like a you know a contract player um so i'm excited to see her have this role because like i said i I did really like her on team wolf I, I think she'll do good on this yeah good i mean i don't know much about her but i've never really had many issues with um casting as far as as far as these cw shows go except for when people's you know boyfriend or husband randomly get cast in the show and are really horrible and it takes two seasons for me to get rid of them looking at you monel listen don't don't <laughs> don't we're not gonna Mon- have that argument on this Mon- one on this monel was, monel was trash <laughs> he was not christopher wood is an amazing actor you will uh, leave him alone i'm gonna get you a dictionary for christmas this year so you can <laughs> see what the word amazing actually means Listen, so anyway, as you were saying, David <laughs> Rappaport. No, I I've, I have to give David, David Rappaport does the casting for all, basically all of the CW. He does it for all of Greg's shows as well. So he did like the Titans casting and stuff like that. Um, He he does a great job. I can't I can't think of somebody that I'm like, oh, that person was horribly miscast. I might not love the character. Um, but I could never say, like, I don't think the actor does a good job. Like, I know I was, you know, kind of poo-pooing on Felicity before. I think Emily Betricards is is great. I mean, she does her her job well. She's a good actress. Um, you know, I and I used, used to like the character when she was first introduced. My dislike of the character <laughs> has nothing to do with Emily. Emily is lovely. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I can't. I, I, there's a lot of times, too, where I'm like, wow, this person is, like, perfect for this role. Um, he does a great job with that. So any of these castings, I'm I'm sure will be good. Right. The next character we have, Camrus Johnson, who was in Luke Cage. I didn't see it, but I'm sure other people did. Me either. He plays Luke Fox, a Dark Knight loyalist and son of Wayne of Wayne's R and D director Lucius Fox. Luke works towards keeping. Wayne Tower secure in his boss's absence. While Luke considers himself the guardian of all things Batman, specifically his symbol, he also recognizes the city's need for a new hero. Now, Luke Fox is also a superhero um, by the name of Batwing. Basically, he's kind of like the um, the cy- not cyborg um, steel of the Batman family, where he kind of uses his knowledge of inventions and basically like what if Lucius Lucius Fox decided he was going to help Bruce Wayne. This is essentially what Luke Fox is. Right. Um, I'm excited about this character because I really love the Lucius Fox character. So and any Lucius Fox adjacent character I'm excited about. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I like the character in, in the comics. Um, 
him and Batwoman do have a decent a decent sort of um rapport with each other. Although in the comics Luke is more commonly um paired with Batgirl. Um they were an item for a while. Mm-hmm. And that's you know that tends to be where he's seen more. I'm fine with this casting, and this also kind of makes me feel like it's taking the place of um, um, Julia Pennyworth, Alfred's daughter, who has been helping right. who's been helping Kate um, since Rebirth started. So I'm f- I'm fine with the switch out. It'll be interesting to see what they do with him, like how how far into the show before he becomes Batwing. And then mm-hmm. when they do put him as Batwing, is he wasted like the Guardian over in Supergirl? Yeah, I think um, if I had to take a guess on why they decided <clears throat> to kind of switch out this character instead of make it, um, what's her name, Juliet? Uh, uh, Julie. Julie Pennyworth is because then they don't have to address Alfred. They don't have yeah, to that... show us Alfred. That's um, what Tim was saying. Yeah, I, I, I mean, because they're so, Alfred is such a specific character. Um, you know, and we have so many iterations of him. I would think they want to try to sort of avoid that on some level, right? Um, just so that to make it her own, so that it doesn't feel like you're just taking, you know, Batman characters and shoving them in a show. You know, they're going to have to do that. I'm sure at some point with villains and such. Uh, you know, just because the yeah. nature of of TV and whatnot. Um, you know, the way they have with Supergirl and and taking, you know, some of Superman's villains and things like that. So I would I would guess if I had to take a guess, the reason that they did that is so that they don't have to deal with, well, we'll have to cast an Alfred. I mean, as far as Luke Fox goes, if you cast Lucius, you know, the the fan community is not going to have quite the same reaction to who you choose or how you characterize Lucius as they would to Alfred. Right. So I, I get it. I'm I'm. I'm cool with this uh, this choice. Okay. Lastly, we have Nicole Kang from the TV show You, um, which I believe is a Netflix show, right? Which is also a Berlanti show, if I remember correctly. Yes, it's um, but it's it's a Netflix show, but it was also on TV. I want to say it was on. I don't know if it was on Lifetime or okay. it's like a it's a weird thing where like it was on a on a television channel and then all of a sudden it was on Netflix. Okay. So I'm not really sure exactly whom it belongs to but yeah (laughs) she will be playing mary hamilton excitable talkative and an influencer in the making mary is kate kane's stepsister in polar opposite but what mary lacks in a filter she makes up for with her compassion for gotham's underserved communities proving she has more in common with kate than she thinks okay this i mean it's it's kind of um the character of Bet, who I believe is an is a cousin of Kate's in the comics, who kind of wants to be her sidekick when she finds out what's going on, and she takes the guise of Flamebird. Um, it's essentially a um, she's essentially say a Tim Drake character or a Dick Grayson character, like she's okay, like when they're younger and they're very excitable and over eager, you know, not the jaded. Not the jaded characters they've turned into. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so you know, this this is fine. I haven't seen I haven't seen you, but you know, I do like I do like the bet character, so I'm hoping I'm hoping if this is if this is the 
if this is the version that they're going with that they kind of keep to her kind of keep to her roots a little bit and the description seems spot on so it'll be interesting to see i always love like the really like happy go lucky people interacting with the bat family yeah because that's because <laughs> they're cause so uh stoic it's just and comedy gold yes it's like whenever you get to see the flash with arrow <laughs> right yes yeah i mean yeah this yeah. actress was actually on an episode of Orange is the New Black. I don't know yes. if uh, she was on when Ruby was on, but, you know. Yeah, I, I believe she was, actually. I thought I remember reading something about that. So that's all the characters that they've come out with so far. Um, as we said, they haven't uh, they haven't cast her father yet. Now, the couple things that are missing from the casting announcements, one is obviously uh, Renee Montoya. And then another one would be like anybody from the GCPD. Like we know Batman's gone, but is Gordon gone? Is Harvey Bullock gone? They weren't referenced at all in the crossover. I find it hard to believe that you would really do a Batman show without referencing them. Right. You know, I just don't know. I don't like, do you, I don't know if you really want to do another Gordon and Bullock seeing how they're just coming out of, um Gotham Yeah, see that's that's kind of the hard part about this stuff, you know, when you and and I think part of why the CW has up until this point sort of avoided the bat properties um because they're, you know, there's Gotham is on. So, you know, I mean that's ending this year, so at least next year when this show is on TV, Gotham will be over. So you at least won't have that you know them sort of playing side by side um but yeah it's it's dc tends to to try to not it seems anyway not have various iterations of the same thing on at the same time um and you know we have titans happening over on the dc universe app so there's iterations of these characters over there you know and that they're always sort of siphoning in in and out people so you never know who you're going to see on titans um yeah, I mean, I mean, you've got to address them. I mean, unless you know they make it seem like these people have left town for. I mean, they have to address it in some way, even if it's to tell us that they left town. You can't, you can't ignore Commissioner Gordon, right? You know, I mean, like he can't always be on vacation, right? Right. Um, I mean, you, you. I mean, I guess there's some. I'm trying to think if there's precedent in the comic for him to not be there in some way like could they say he's gone somewhere that makes sense for you know story that's happened in the comic um i don't know i don't uh, know i i i don't think so i don't think so yeah so i'm just kind of like uh, i don't know um yeah i mean I, I mean it'll be interesting to see how they address that will they just have like you know another you know detective that seems to just interact with her more so then then Bullock or or Gordon did with Batman. I, well, I mean, I don't. Yeah. For a for a period of time, if I remember correctly, um, in one of the Batman weekly series um, might have been Batman and Robin Eternal or Batman Eternal. Um, Commissioner Gordon takes a takes a promotion above um, police commissioner, and I honestly don't know what that was. Um, but 
and then in his with him going up the chain Renee Montoya was was put in charge as police commissioner for a period of time so if they cast Renee Montoya they could go with that idea where she right. like either Gordon's you know Gordon is up further up the chain you know I I doubt you want to go with retired um but now she's kind of the police commissioner for the time being that would be a good way to go but that also would require them to cast Renee Montoya right and then the other thing is if you bring in Renee Montoya do you turn her into the question um which is a which is an, a guise that she dons in the comics um who is who is a a weird kind of character, not as not as extreme as War, as Rorschach from Watchmen, but it is a parallel because that is kind of who, if I remember correctly, that is kind of who uh, Rorschach was based off of, um, because all of the Watchmen characters were were analogs for characters from a comic company called Charleston that DC had owned and wasn't doing anything with those characters. So Alan Moore came up with the idea of putting those characters and doing the Watchmen story, and then DC was like, well, we might want to use these characters down the line, so you can't use them. So he just did, like, analog versions of them. And the question was the analog, was Rorschach was the analog version of uh, the question. Gotcha. I mean, you know, there always can to be a thing of, you know, if they bring on Renee Montoya, she doesn't have to become the question right away. That's something no. that could happen, you know, year two, two. year two, three, you know, somewhere down the road. Yeah. Um, do you, ha- do you have a casting in mind for Renee? For Renee Montoya? No. Um, going with the, going with the CW or Glee route, the only one that I could come up with, and I don't think it would be a good fit is, um, is was it Naya Riviera from Glee? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to see those Glee actors get more work, especially Heather Morris. Yeah, sure. Um, but, but no, I really. <laughs> you just hate everything good. Not true. Uh, I actually have one for this. Oh, would, do you? I do. Tell me. I would like to see Monica Raymond. She was Gabriella Dawson on Chicago Fire. She was actually one of my choices for Ruby Rose. I mean, for Ruby Rose, for Batwoman. Ruby Rose? (laughs) Yes, she was one of my choices for Ruby Rose. One of my choices for Batwoman. Um, Okay. But I think she would make a good Renee Montoya. Okay. Um, I think the other one that I wouldn't mind, but again, I don't don't see her lowering herself to a TV show, uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, yeah. I mean, she would be perfect, but yeah, I don't. I don't see her lowering herself, at least to a CW TV show anyway. Maybe if, maybe a cable if show. Was, if it was Netflix. Like it, was like a, it was like Netflix or HBO. I mean, listen, Netflix has a Ben Affleck movie coming out, so we can't. Netflix is, you know, they pay, oh, yeah. top, they uh, pay top dollar. Um, it also has a uh, Martin Scorsese <laughs> movie coming out eventually. Yeah. So we can't really use Netflix as like the the level down anymore. But like, you know, uh, <laughs> I could see I could see her doing like an HBO show or you know, a, a Showtime show, something like that. Um, even like an FX show, maybe more so than than a CW show, just because the poor CW is just considered sort of like, you know, children's fodder. It's yeah. not really, it's not really, it's not really taken seriously. Um, 
there's an actress on Brooklyn Nine Nine that I think would be good too, but she plays a detective, so that's kind of like a you know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know that she'd want to just like slide over way, to way do to the same out there, do the same role over and over again. But um, yeah, I mean, it would. I mean, I feel like. I mean, listen, I, what I would what I would very kindly say to, you know, Batwoman fans is I know Renee is is, you know, Kate's great love. Um, they don't always get that right on the CW. So sometimes they do. You know, I think that Iris and Barry now are wonderful. They're my favorite couple on the CW. Um, you know, I would say after season two. Yeah. They were great. But them in season one was like a hard no for me. Um, I mean, Iris in general was a poorly, poorly developed character in season one on The Flash. Um, but, you know, I mean, if you look at, you know, Arrow, you know, it should be it it should be Laurel and Oliver and it's not. So I right. wouldn't I wouldn't, you know, just remember that everything is different. Every iteration of something is different, you know characterization casting chemistry all of those things are dependent upon how something is going to turn out so you know don't just don't just be like well if they bring renee that's got to be it and it can't ever be anything else because right it might not be what you want it to be so well um yeah <laughs> i i agree um and i i understand the camp that Renee Montoya is Kate's, um, you know, uh, one true person. But let's remember that in the comics, she was originally going to marry Maggie Sawyer. And if I can get my dream of getting Florina Lima back on the CW as Maggie Sawyer, I I am fine with it. What? What? I what? loved her. I said I loved her. Okay. Okay. <sighs> Calm down. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I don't think her her boy Casey will let her come back to the CW, but um I loved her. I loved her and Alex. I feel like Alex has been a floundering character since she left. Um but she's ex- she's great. I would love for her to come back and yes. have a love triangle with her Alex and Casey. That would all that Yes, would, that would be great, yeah. especially if, if all they all became one earth yeah you know that would that would just be so good oh, so good like Ale- maggie would be calling up alex guess what kate doesn't want to have kids <laughs> <laughs> like in the middle of the night and then hanging up uh, Re- remember that time you ought- you just randomly decided you wanted kids even though you never mentioned it at all in three seasons <gasps> what about Oh my god! I just had Alex. the most amazing thought. No, oh. what? <laughs> <laughs> Katrina Law. Uh, oh yeah, over in uh, over in uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Well, she's so no, she she well she was on um, Arrow. She's on Arrow. So Kate, right. Katie Katie Lots is the oh. one that, that you're thinking uh, yeah. of. Or, yeah. Okay. No, but but Katrina Law was. Um, Oh my god, her name just Anissa, Anissa Al Ghul, and she was yep. Sarah's girlfriend. Um, and you know, obviously Sarah over if you watch Legends of Tomorrow, Sarah has a new love. So I would love for Nissa to find love again with with Kate. I mean, that wouldn't be a bad idea. She did uh back before she was kind of 
she uh, in the comics, Kate kind of loses herself for what's called like the lost year. She kind of does the Bruce Wayne thing of she disappears off the face of the earth um, and she winds up on a remote island where she dates the island's kind of like kingpin boss, like the person's running the entire island pretty much. And it's an island of thieves and that. So, I mean, this Agul would be a would be a decent analog mm-hmm. for that. Um, I like it. You know, and then, and then you can have Bebo, you know, <laughs> perform the marriage ceremony. That would be great. Can Bebo perform marriage ceremonies? Bebo can do anything. He's a god. Oh, okay. Yes. I, I just could never get into Legends of Tomorrow. I, it, it's just pretty much because it's characters that I don't really have an affinity for. Uh, me either, but it's probably my favorite of all of them. Yeah, that is that is what I keep hearing, and I'm I do plan on on sitting down and going through it. Um, you at can some skip point. season one, which I was going to do. Just straight skip because I I watched a few episodes, <laughs> and it, like it just didn't like it to me. It wasn't finding its footing. It didn't know what it wanted to be. Yeah, and I know I know a lot of people say it, it got you know it kind of found itself in season two. Yes, a hundred percent. Season one was like a car wreck a really bad <laughs> car wreck that you just can't stop watching but um but you want to stop watching right yeah a lot of people sort of left that show after season one and i'm i'm always like no come back come back and i don't i don't i had this thing when that was going on that i was like i have to, i want to watch all of these shows so i was like i'm gonna keep watching it um and season two is stellar and season three is probably i would say the best uh best of the show so far um, which usually for a CW show, season three is terrible. So, um, yeah, the Arrowverse shows usually their season three is garbage. So you know, Legends is <laughs> is trucking along is, well. Is bucking the trend. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, Bebo, our Lord and Savior, you should love him. <laughs> um, I would love I, for Bebo. I would love for for Kate Kane to uh, to interact with Bebo. That would be hilarious. <laughs> um, I. <laughs> I saw the uh, the Valentine's Day thing on the Legends of Tomorrow Twitter. Yes, yeah, so funny. It's so it great. Really is. I really need them to come out with the plush toy. Um, I I just I told him that this morning. Like when I sent him that, I'm like, at this point, you gotta make the plush. I need you the plush. Make the I will pre-order it. I need it in my home. I'm surprised that there hasn't been a Funko Pop of him yet. I know. I always see people tweeting at like DC and at Funko about it. So I'm sure maybe hopefully soon yeah, that'll yeah, be a, that'll be a, a thing. convention exclusive. Oh god. Yes. That yes. I I hear you because I see the lines at conventions for the Funko booth and the fact that you have to enter in a drawing beforehand. Uh, otherwise nonsense. Yeah. Utter nonsense. I don't have that in me. Maybe maybe when I was like 18, I'd be like, let me stand on this line for 30 hours. <laughs> just, I just, no. All yeah, right. no. No. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any <laughs> other characters besides Renee that you would like to see on this show? Uh, I would like to see Renee. I would like to see Maggie. I would like to see eventually Julia. Uh, Julie, Julia Pennyworth. Um, that might be it for right now um i need a character for Stephen r mcqueen to play no yes 
<laughs> no, I'm sorry. He's never getting another job again. <sighs> no, he is. He has to. I love him. Just go back and watch Oculus. No. Why? He's in it. You should love it. I know, but I just want him to be on a new show. I don't ever want to have to watch Vampire Diaries episodes again. Nope. I think he'd make nope. a good someone Commissioner on Gordon? this show. No. Uh, no, but he could He could be a detective, some random detective or something. Random guy in the background. Some random guy on the show. I mean, we could make someone up for him. I mean, hey, listen, they made up Felicity. No, Felicity was in the comics. Afterwards. Well, that's besides the point. <laughs> I thought she was in the comics before then. Cause... No. Mm-mm. No? Nope. Negative. All right. If you say so. <laughs> I forget that you know all about Felicity. I know everything there is to know about her. No. What's her last name? <laughs> Smoke. Felicity Smoke. Aha, no, I was right. She debuted in The Fury of Firestorm number 23 in May 1984. <sighs> she was a very small character. Right, um, not important, and she never should have. Right, been. and I don't believe she was actually with, you know, in the Arrow uh, vein. But I was going to say, I'm, I thought I remember, like, right after the movie coming out, picking up her first appearance at um, at a convention along with a few other comics because I want to meet the actress one day and have her sign the book. She's not a big gay... Um... She doesn't do those conventions a lot. No, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking my only chance will be at like a New York con or once the show's done, maybe. Yeah. They tend to, they tend to start going out after the show's completed because then they're not devoting their entire lives to it. Right. Yeah, that's true. Are you, you definitely might get her at like a, like a San Diego comic con or, or, or New York comic con. Oh, right. That's right. I, I didn't know that. I can I can take a train. It'll I mean, you could you could days. drive there. I mean, you know, I keep you know I keep getting offers know. to go, but I'm like, no, I'm sorry, I re- I'm refusing this free this free ticket to San Diego Comic Con because I can't fly. Next time someone gives you a free ticket, you can give it to me, and I will use it because I do fly. <laughs> <laughs> I will be there in a heartbeat. We can't drug you and put you on the plane? No. No. And people are like, well, just, you know, take a Valium or something. I'm like, great. So when the plane crashes, I don't (laughs) even know. Like, at least if I'm going to if I'm going to go down in a plane, I want to make sure I'm telling everyone on the flight that I was right. I think you should just let me and Tim drug you. It'll be fine. I also I also fear that I would just end up being like William Shatner from from the Twilight Zone. Like I really like this. It is a great fear of mine. I I once agreed to go on a plane, and then I had a panic attack for like twenty minutes afterwards. And I'm like, nope, can't do it. All right. Well, I mean, we don't want you to have a panic attack. So yeah, we could put you on a train. I do. Train. I love trains. That's See, how I get to New York. Train to California. Yep. Three days. Aren't there more train crashes than there are plane crashes? Yes. However. I have better odds of surviving a train crash. Okay. Okay. Got it. All right. Yeah. That's that's my rationale. Okay. I might be in more accidents, but I have more of a chance of walking away. My mother won't go on a plane either. She all the time asks me to take her to Italy, and I'm like, you understand that you have to go on a plane to get there. No, you just take a boat. That's what she says, and I'm like, I'm not taking a boat to Italy. You're out of your mind. I mean, I think is it. I think it's next year they have Titanic two. I'm certainly not going on that. 
no. There's absolutely no way. No. No. I'm kind of the same way. Like, I would go on a boat, and then someone was like, let's go down to Bermuda. I'm like, through the triangle? Are you mad? <laughs> Are you out of your mind? Absolutely not. <laughs> you don't believe in that stuff? No, but what if I'm wrong? There's always that chance. Yes. You never know. That is true. All right. So I say right. we wrap up this. <laughs> let's wrap this up. <laughs> this is getting to be as long as an Academy Rewind episode. Yes. I think it's me. It might be you. It might be you. Um, so yeah, this was fun. So we're gonna we're gonna come back um, you know, a couple times before the actual show premieres. You know, we're just assuming that it's getting an episode order. Because I mean it's the CW and yeah, they don't uh, turn down Berlin. All all of the pieces are there. So we're we're just gonna sort of go on the assumption that we're getting an episode order at some point for this. Um so yeah, we're gonna come back. We're gonna do some uh we're gonna watch some of the animated the one animated movie that she is in. And There's we'll actually two animated two movies. right i was that's that's why i was hesitant before i said that. i think there's two yeah so there's two animated movies so we'll come back and talk about that and um i'm gonna read some comics palmer's gonna make me read some comics and we'll come back and talk about some comics and yeah if there's anything that you guys want us to talk about um you know that you could think of something specific that you'd like us to break down whether it be like a you know a storyline or something that comes out that you you know hear about the show and you want to want to hear us talk about it um just shoot us an email on gmail it's batwoman tv talk you can check us out on thoughtbubbleaudio.com and batwoman tv talk on twitter and gmail you can rate and review us on podcasts itunes google play and all the places podcasts are found but you can wait to do that until we've had a couple episodes you don't have to rate us on this one and <laughs> unless it was so great you want to give us five stars yes i mean unless you were like this is amazing and they're awesome because we are then you can give us five yeah. stars Please, um you Mom. <laughs> Palmer will mostly be um, running the the Batwoman TV Talk Twitter. So if you want to speak to him over there, or also you can follow him on the Academy Rewind Twitter. And me, you can get me at MimiC1019 on Twitter. Until Yay. next time, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye.